Hey everybody and welcome to part six of how transformation works. This is the last session in this study and today we're going to get real practical about how we experience transformation. Last week we talked about what it means to gospel together and how these conversations, uh, these discipling conversations happen where we uh, proclaim the law and the gospel to each other and we actually experience the transformation through God's word that we've been talking about the last six weeks. Well today we're talking about life groups. And life groups are the place here at New Life that we build these discipling relationships. Now, life groups aren't the same thing as Bible studies uh, because we're not really digging deeply into a book of the Bible or a topic. There's a time and a place for Bible studies, and sometimes our life groups do Bible study together. But they're not Bible studies in that the goal of life groups is not to transmit information from a teacher to students. That's not the relationship that life groups have with each other. The people in a life group are developing discipling relationships. So we don't have, uh, we do have some of our pastors leading life groups, but it, you don't have to be a pastor to lead a life group. You don't have to be educated to lead a life group. Really, these life groups are about cultivating these specific kinds of relationships. So life group relationships are a little bit different than friendships because it's not just that we're spending time together and enjoying each other and having fun. Although there's a lot of that that happens in life groups, and I hope that all of our life groups do those things. Specifically, what we're doing in life groups is we're cultivating discipling relationships. I don't necessarily want you to be friends with, other, with all the other people in your life groups. Now, you will develop friendships in your life groups because you're going to have lots of shared experience and lots of time together. But what's key to life groups are these discipling relationships. These relationships where we can be uh, have confidence with each other and we can uh, know that we're not going to share what we tell each other in the life group. These, uh, these relationships have an expectation of discipleship that we know that when we go into this place, we're going to hear the word of God from each other. We're going to be told the law and the gospel. We're going to be expected to be growing and flourishing in Christ and we're going to receive the support to do that. So life groups are simply this. A group of people, and usually these groups range anywhere from 6 to 12, where discipling relationships are developed. The way that we do this in our life groups is there are four goals of every life group. The first one is to build relationships, to get to know each other over a long period of time. The second thing is to walk with Jesus together. There's an expectation that everyone in a life group is going to be on some kind of faith journey and we are all walking that journey together. We're companions on the way of Jesus. The next thing that we do together is we pray together. We go to God as a group and we ask God to help us and we encourage each other through prayer and we seek guidance through prayer. And the fourth thing that we do is we serve together. We do ministry together either in the church or outside the church. And we're going to look at each one of these things in particular. The way that we build relationships together is really about the time spent with. So I'm in a couple of different life groups, and usually life group meets uh, life groups meet once a week or every other week, and you spend about an hour to an hour and a half with each other. Now that sustained time with each other over a year, two years, five years, or ten years, you're naturally going to build bonds together because you're going to experience life together. 
So as good things happen or bad things happen, you hear about it from each other, you encourage each other, maybe offer some advice or guidance through those things. You pray with each other. Just the time spent with each other as we walk through life and walk in our faith journey together builds these relationships. So it's really important that these life groups are not something that you just drop in and leave uh, really easily, but they're actually something that you spend a lot of time with. Now, as life changes and as things go, some people will have to leave life groups or will join life groups just because that's how it happens. But really what we want is we want to uh, focus on these life groups lasting quite a bit of time, you know, hopefully more than one semester, hopefully up to a year or two years or five years of this life together. So we just have this time together. Now, the way that we cultivate this uh, life together, the way that we cultivate and build these relationships is through uh, what I like to call the highs and lows. So at the beginning of every life group, uh, I have our group go around and share a good thing that happened that week and maybe a challenging thing or a bad thing that happened that week. And now these are pretty surface level stuff. Usually when we do highs and lows, especially at first, it's really basic surface level stuff. And this is okay. This is kind of like uh, cultivating meaningful small talk. We're trying to figure out just what happened that week with people. This is a time where people get to tell stories about what happened the last week, kind of go over their week and talk about what they experienced. And again, because we're sharing a high, a good thing, and a low, a bad thing, it opens us up and it begins this, uh, this culture of vulnerability where we're okay with sharing things that maybe aren't great and sharing things that maybe are challenging in our life. And again, we're going to be praying for each other later. So this is a good opportunity to uh, begin to build some of those prayer requests because you know that you're going to be praying for each other later. And so you share your highs and your lows at the beginning. And this is just kind of an icebreaking, introductory kind of part. We have a group, uh, my wife and I are in a group of about eight people. And usually the highs and lows takes about 15 minutes for us to get through. It's just real easy, basic, surface level stuff. What's going on in your week? What was good? What was bad? Uh, what was awesome? What was challenging? And all those things. This is the first way that we, we build relationships. And again, it's just over time that these relationships are built. So the highs and lows is just a, it's just a way for us to get into each other's lives a little bit, to just know what's going on and begin to have some of these shared experiences and to share with each other what we are experiencing. And the next thing that we do is walk with Jesus together. Now, this is really the key thing that life groups are all about. This is the biggest, most important thing that we do together. What I want for everybody in your life group that you're a part of is to be doing some sort of devotions, listening to God on a regular basis. If that's through prayer and some book that they're reading, if that's through an app or if they're reading scripture on their own, they I want them to be doing some kind of personal devotional time just to be hearing the word of God on a regular basis. Even reflecting on the sermon or thinking about the sermon throughout the week is a way that we do devotions like this. And so my encouragement is for everybody in a life group to be doing this. And one thing that I like to do is I like to ask people what kind of devotion they're doing right now and what they're hearing from God or what they're learning at this time. And again, this is usually we're getting a little bit deeper into what people are experiencing. If it's anxiety or stress or if it's worry about something, oftentimes those things will come up because they'll seek out devotions that directly address those things. And we'll be able to get a little bit deeper in what's going on. Also, this gives people the opportunity to think about for themselves what they are learning that week. And every week as we go into our life group, we know that we're going to ask each other this question. 
What is God teaching you this week? And so this actually causes a, a culture or an expectation that people then begin to listen to God throughout the week because they know that they're going to be asked that. They know that they're going to have to discuss that with their life group. And so then people become more aware of how God speaks to them. And then you get to hear from all these different people what they're hearing from God and how they're hearing from God. And again, that kind of opens up your view of, oh, there are all these ways that God is speaking to me. And you can learn things from other, even if it's not the information they're talking about, you can learn how to hear from God. This first question, what is God teaching you, is, is an example of our transformation questions. This is a series of questions that I've developed for our leaders to dig in a little bit deeply and to reflect on our walk with Jesus, to reflect on uh, how we are being discipled by Jesus. So what is God teaching you is a big question. I always ask that every single week. Another question that I always ask every week is, how are you praying and how is God answering your prayers? Another way that I ask this is, what are you praying about this week and what are you hearing from God in those prayers? And so then again, we're talking about what's going on in our life. We're talking about the things that we're worried about or the things that we're excited about, the things that we're seeking guidance on or advice on. And we are talking about prayer. And again, we are creating a culture, an expectation that everyone in that group is going to be praying throughout the week. Now, that's not it's not the same thing as like an accountability group where we're not like, did you pray every day? Did you pray every morning? Did you do this? Did you do that? It's just asking, what are you praying about? Because I'm really concerned that people are thinking about and looking to God for the things in their life. And of course, I hope that everybody prays daily. And I think that that's ultimately the goal is that we all get there together. But here we're thinking through where are they on their walk with Jesus and how are they growing and how are they moving forward with that walk? How are we being discipled by Jesus together? And so again, the conversation ensues and it's just a natural conversation that goes on about what we're praying about, how God is answering that, if he's answering that. People can offer encouragement or their own insight. If they've experienced something like that, they can share what their experience was like. There's lots of opportunity for conversation that happens with these questions that get started. Now, there's lots of other transformation questions that can be asked. Specifically, when it comes to uh, what you're learning from God, you can dig in a little bit deeper and ask questions like, how is the law working on you this week? What are you convicted about? What do you think that, uh, what's, what is in your life that you think needs to change? Is there things that you're, are there things that you're worried about or that you're stressing about? You can ask, what is the law doing to you? And the second one is, what is the gospel doing to you? What promises of God are you inhabiting this week? That's another kind of transformation question that you can ask. And then, of course, we have our discipleship circle or the learning circle that we talked about before. Now, our leaders are going to be trained on this discipleship circle to be able to help people walk through these. That we're going to understand that all of our life is this pattern of death and resurrection, of dying to ourselves and rising with Christ. And we're going to begin to see that all of our life is in this pattern. We're going to be, see, we're going to be seeing the things in our life that happen to us fall in this pattern, that there are areas that we can die to ourselves and we can become more like Jesus. Again and again, we go through this pattern, this cycle of death and resurrection, and we begin to get used to it as we go about our life in our life groups. And then, of course, we pray together. Now, I know that I've talked about prayer already 
in this uh, transformation series. And so I won't dig in too deeply again, but just remember that prayer is when we enter the octagon with God. Prayer is when we enter into this time of wrestling with God and we seek him, we seek his face, we seek uh, his word and his voice so that we can hear him and listen to him and grow together. So that's what we do when we pray together as a life group. We take our prayer requests before God and we are all uh, faithfully praying to God and asking him and interceding that he would change some of the hard circumstances, bring healing in certain situations, but also that he would guide and lead us. And we listen to God when we pray as well. And so something that we do to get this started off is we get prayer requests for the week. What's going on? Uh, are people sick? Are they um, in need of anything? Are they looking for some guidance? Are they in need of to be released from anxiety or stress or anything like that? Are they traveling that week? And we ask God, we intercede on behalf of the group for those things. And then we also head into that time of wrestling with God, of really seeking God's face in prayer together. And so prayer needs to be something that every group does. And this happens at the end of the group time. This is kind of the last thing we do before we do any sort of like house cleaning, when we're going to meet next time and all that business. But prayer has to happen at every life group because this is when we really get into the weeds with God on the situations in our life. Finally, life groups serve together. Of course, there's kind of a natural service that happens within a group that when something happens to somebody, when they hit some hardship or maybe even it's a good thing, they have a baby or something like that, uh, or how maybe they get a raise and they're going to move houses, whatever it might be. There might be a good thing or a bad thing. It doesn't matter. Naturally, what's going to happen in these life groups is when something happens, you are going to gather with your life group to help that person out. If they're sick, you'll make them meals. If they need to move, you'll help them move. There's just kind of this natural thing that happens as we live together and we become, we build these discipling relationships and even sometimes friendships. We're going to naturally step in with each other and help each other out. So we serve within that group, which is a really important thing to do. But also we serve outside of the group too. And so this can be a decision that the group wants to serve at the church for some event, or maybe they want to serve on a Sunday morning some way by ushering or greeting or whatever it might be. But also they can serve their neighbors by, uh, by partaking in service projects out in the community. Maybe somebody has a neighbor that they know is sick and the life group gathers together and helps serve that neighbor by getting them what they need, getting them groceries, food, whatever it might be. Or maybe they know somebody who's on hard times and they gather together and they help this person. This is something that all life groups ought to be doing, is serving not only within their life group, but also outside their life group. So be looking for times for your life group to help out and be active, be proactive in pitching in and helping people when there is a need. And finally, with life groups, consistency is key. Consistency is everything when it comes to life groups. Life groups are not something that transformation happens right away or quickly because that's not how God has decided to operate. Transformation takes a long time. It takes years. Think about it this way. Jesus discipled his apostles for three years before he was crucified, and they still betrayed him and left him. They were scattered because they didn't know what to do. Finally, he comes back to them. He gives them the commission to go and make more disciples, and then he gives them this promise. He says, surely I am with you to the very ends of the age. That, God, that Jesus was always going to be with them. And so even with the apostles, Jesus, closest, his closest friends, his closest disciples that he was with uh, personally for three years every day, 
day in and day out teaching them and instructing them and showing them the way, he still gave them the promise and filled filled, uh, them with the Holy Spirit and gave them the promise that he was going to be with them forever. Discipleship and transformation is not a short process. It's a lifelong process. So a life group lasting a year, two years, three years, you're going to see transformation happen, but that's not the end of the story. This isn't something that you can just get it a check mark in the box that you can graduate out of and you're done. This is a lifelong process because Jesus gives us this promise. I will be with you to the ends of the age. He will always be discipling us and always leading us in this discipleship process. He will be seeking our good and teaching us and speaking to us through the law and the gospel. So when it comes to life groups, consistency is key. Continuing to meet week in and week out as often as you do. And you know you can take breaks during the summer or during the winter, whatever it might be. But it's important to always be cultivating those relationship over those relationships over many years. This is a long-term process and a long-term goal that we're trying to get everybody on is this path of discipleship. So don't fret if things are taking a while for you to feel like like maybe God's word isn't really taking root. Be patient. Let it continue. Continue to meet with your life group. Continue to pray. Continue to, to hear the word of God. Continue to serve together and build relationships together and do all of these things. Because over time, you will experience transformation. If you let yourself die to yourself and be resurrected with Jesus, you will experience transformation. But it's a lifelong process because the Lord is always with us. And one of the main ways that he's with us is relationships, discipling relationships, other Christians speaking God's word to us. And this happens in our life groups. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to join a life group, you can find a link on this page. And uh, thank you so much for uh, joining me today and for joining me for this discipleship series, How Transformation Happens. Until next time, I'll see you later.